For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Kerry Liang. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we're covering financial aid trends across the Ivy League, the recent demonstration in support of Ukraine, and some basketball achievements. It's Monday, February 28th. Yesterday, the Prince published an analysis of financial aid packages across the Ivy League. I sat down with assistant data editor Elaine Huang to find out more. Hi, my name is Elaine Huang, and I'm a first year and an assistant data editor for The Daily Princetonian. So, about your article, how did you collect the data? For my article, I utilized the Common Dataset, which is a collaborative data sharing project among institutions of higher education. For this project, I focused on collecting data from the eight Ivy League institutions, and I was able to collect data from seven of them, everyone except for Columbia, as Columbia does not participate in the Common Dataset. The Common Dataset data varies on when institutions started to report their data. So the earliest was Cornell, who started reporting in 1999, and the latest was UPenn, who started recording in 2009. And in between years, sometimes there are some inconsistencies and gaps, but I do make a note of that in my project. So what are some trends that you noticed? So we began by exploring the trends of the percentage of undergrads who apply for financial aid through their respective universities. And while the percentage has varied greatly since the early 2000s, the recent years have brought more stability. The next trend that we examined is the percentage of people who applied for financial aid and were then actually determined to have financial need. Every year, almost every school provides financial aid to over 80% of students who request it, except for a single data point, which was UPenn in 2011, when it dipped below that 80%. And lastly, we compared the relationship between financial aid and total cost. So we calculated the percentage of total costs covered by average financial aid packages. And the general trend was that while tuition has increased over the years, the financial aid packages have also increased. So how has COVID affected financial aid these years? Princeton's financial aid program is based off of the prior prior system, meaning that it analyzes your information from two years before when you actually applied for financial aid. And since the COVID pandemic hit us in 2020, those changes will be reflected in this upcoming financial aid cycle for 2022. While we don't know what will happen this year, according to a interview with past president Shirley Tillman, during the 2008 financial crisis, the only part of Princeton's operating budget that was not cut during those worst years of the recession was the financial aid budget, which actually increased during those years. So based off of those trends, we hope that the same will happen for this COVID-19 pandemic and the university will be mindful and adjust their financial aid packages. And finally, what implications do you think that these changes in financial aid will have on the future? So both I and Tillman think that it's important for the financial aid program to constantly reassess what is reasonable to ask of a family. Especially with the COVID pandemic, there's going to be a lot going on in the next couple of years with inflation, especially if it does not come back under control, which is really going to change people's sense of well-being and impact their need when it comes to financial aid. Thank you so much. Thank you. On Friday, over 100 Princeton students faculty and community members gathered in front of Nassau Hall to demonstrate their support of Ukraine amid the ongoing Russian invasion. Professor Ekaterina Pravilova of the Department of History organized the event and led the crowd in a chant of no to war in Russian and, with the help of some Ukrainian students, in Ukrainian. Professor Mark R. Basinger, Professor of Politics, also gave a brief background on Russia and Ukraine's history and provided his thoughts on the conflict. It's not just, it is a Ukrainian story, but it is a global story. It is a global story that's unfolding before our eyes, one that unfortunately is costing 
a lot of people's lives. Following the demonstration, Pavlova reiterated her support for Ukraine in an interview with the Daily Princetonian, stating, quote, The only thing we can do is just bring people together and show solidarity with the Ukrainians. You can read more about the protest in head podcast editor Hope Perry's Prince article. In sporting news, on Wednesday, the Princeton women's basketball team defeated Columbia 73-53 to earn their third consecutive Ivy League regular season championship. By the end of the first quarter, the Tigers had a 16-point lead with junior guard Grace Stone scoring 13 points within the first 10 minutes of the game and sophomore guard Caitlin Chen adding three three-pointers. This offensive duo set the tone for the rest of the game, with the Tigers extending their lead to 26 at the break. Both Chen and Stone finished with career highs in points, scoring 27 and 19 respectively. That same day, senior guard Abby Mayers was also named as a semi-finalist for the Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year. This award recognizes a player who excels outside of the biggest conferences within Division I. This season, Mayers has scored an average of 18 points per game and has shot 41.4% from the three-point range and 45.8% from the field. She joins nine other players as semi-finalists for this award. Today will be sunny, reaching a high of 37 degrees during the day and a low of 21 degrees at night. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by me, sound engineered by Jack Anderson, and produced under the 146th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Carrie Liang. Have a wonderful day.